This is the On the Touchline podcast. We're your hosts, Jason Broadwater and Aaron Rogers. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the On the Touchline podcast. In this episode, Aaron and I talked to Eric Belcher, and he is the head women's coach at Glenville State College, uh, smack dab in the middle of the state of West Virginia here in the U.S. Uh, Aaron, I'm excited to have Eric on for, uh, I guess, a, a number of reasons. Top or chief among them that he was charged or tasked with starting a program a few years ago, and I'm curious to hear from him what exactly that was like uh, to take on that challenge as a coach. I, I can't imagine. I've never started a, a program and um, obviously taking over a program here at OU that was in existence for a long time before I even got here um, is one thing, but starting something from scratch. And, um, you know, obviously we, we talked to Lindsay Basiliga a while back and she had done that at one of her, her coaching stops and, and knowing the challenges that it is. Um, and then, also for, for him to, to be starting um, from scratch and in West Virginia um, in, um, in creating that, that, that foundation that's so vital for the future success of the program. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, more on Eric in, in just a sec. You can find this podcast on all major podcasting platforms. And if you guys uh, like the show, be sure that you subscribe. That way you'll never miss a new episode when we publish every Wednesday. And of course, uh, make this ask every podcast, but it does mean a lot to Aaron and I that if you listen on Apple podcast to hit the pause button, go there now, leave us a five-star rating and a brief review about the show. And why that's so important to us is that it helps more and more people find out about the podcast. As we continue to grow as a show and try to um, give you good quality, high quality content each week, it helps more and more people find out about what we're doing. And of course, last but not least, uh, Aaron, if people want to follow along with what you're doing at Ohio U, how can they follow you on social media? It's at Ohio Soccer Coach. And you can find me at Soccer Coach JB. Uh, Aaron and I are both active on Twitter and Instagram. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with the head women's coach at Glenville State College, Eric Belcher. Eric Belcher, thank you for coming on the On the Touchline podcast and um, <clears throat> know that we've traded uh, quite a few DMs and messages and tweets and, and whatnot, like many of the, the previous guests that have come on the show. Um, Eric, if, if people don't know your backstory and how you got to where you are professionally, uh, tell folks a little bit about your background. Yeah, so um, originally I'm from Maryland, um, Harford County, Maryland. Played soccer out there all my life growing up. Um, soccer wasn't really uh, as popular as it is now, I guess you could say, as it was then. Um, so it was just something I was like, you know what, it's a bit different, so I'll give it a shot. Um, Actually started liking it, was kind of good at it, so that was pretty cool. Um, played through, played club soccer. Uh, when it was, when it was, you know, about the soccer, <laughs> less, <laughs> less about the money back then. Um, played high school, ODP as well. Um, got recruited, but wasn't really, you know, we weren't really educated on the recruiting process a lot, which, which you know, a lot of parents aren't from, I guess, the, um, the, you know, the African-American community. Um, so getting college letters and all that kind of stuff all the time. I never really took anything about it. Um, and then finally I took one and, and, you know, took a visit out to West Virginia, good old Alderson Broadus. Um, ended up staying there my whole four years and, 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 you know, loving every minute of it, meeting some great people, had some great coaches. Um, you know, after I graduated, I went back home, didn't know what I was going to do. Ended up working in a pharmacy. I was pretty, pretty random um, considering my, Degree was in uh, communications, so I guess it's kind of kind of the same, I guess you know. <laughs> um, and then 
um, the junior college, probably about 20 minutes up the road from me. Uh, they had an opening for an assistant. So, you know, I always wanted to stay around the game. So I applied. And ever since then, I've, I've been I've been coaching, um, which is pretty neat. You know, that that took me, you know, six, seven years. I was I was out there at the community college. Um, I started as an assistant for the men's. Uh, did that for two years. Um, then they moved me over to the head coaching job for the women's. And I did that for a year. Um, and then they gave me the men's job. So I did them both for the next four years, I think it was, um, something like that. And then, then I got a call from Salem University here in West Virginia. I was a men's assistant there for about three months. <laughs> and then I got a call from Glenville. So now, now I'm here at Glenville. So I think I'm correct in saying, Eric, that um, you, you started the program at Glenville, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, they, they had another guy in before. Um, he didn't get, really get it off the ground. And then um, I came in and I, you know, everything is history since then, you know, um, essentially the first coach uh, to actually get the program going, um, yeah. you know, get the players and get the games and, you know, shirts. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I, I wonder, I mean, that's obviously a, a major accomplishment and, you know, tip of the cap to you for that because, um, that's hard as hell, right? To, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're, you're everything, um, you know, like you said, from the equipment to, you know, uniforms to recruiting to, uh, you know, everything in between scheduling, um, you know, whatever. It, I, I think it, it, it's probably valuable for the listening audience to know what that was like, um, you know, for you at the time and, you know, just what the day-to-day you know, the, the challenges were to get a program off the ground or to build something literally, you know, out of nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, when I got offered the opportunity, uh, I, I jumped at it. I mean, you know, it's not too often in life that you, you do get the chance to, to be the first, you know, and that's something I preach to the girls and we still do because, you know, obviously we still got, got a few records to take care of and try to try to cement our name for things. But, um, you know, I guess I really didn't see it as a, as a challenge. Um, it was more so as an opportunity. Um, you know, the previous college I was at was still kind of at the low end of things in terms of soccer. Um, so starting was kind of what I was doing anyway. Um, you know, uh, my previous school was 20 minutes from the JUCO that always won the region, went to nationals. So getting kids to that school uh, was, was very difficult. I mean, you know, why would you come to us when you can go, you know, 10 minutes down the road and, and go to nationals every year? Um, so starting, starting a program was something that, you know, was kind of built into me in those six years that I, that I was there at Cecil. So coming here, it was, it was kind of more the same, just, uh, you know, bigger dorm rooms, bigger classrooms, um, bigger budget, you know, and longer travels. Um, but um, wasn't too bad. And, and, and you know, I would say for any coach that wants to get into get into starting a program at you know the next level, uh, just be weary of the paperwork. That is <laughs> that is probably the toughest part of the job trying to trying to get the paperwork sorted out um, and go forward with that kind of stuff. But um, it hasn't been too bad, you know. Um, I spent a lot of time, you know, recruiting. I spent a lot of time um, learning from some of the local coaches as well, and and you know. I'm actually part of the local club, which kind of helps with the recruiting as well. Um, so it's kind of, kind of one of those things where, you know, if, if you want to do it, you got to ride the horse. Um, you know, it's going to do a lot of kicking and it's going to be a bumpy ride. Um, you know, hold on. That's, that's pretty much what, what, what I've been, been, been preached to do and kind of, kind of been doing the past couple of years. Karen, go ahead. Bring you in. Man, I can't only imagine what it's like to start a program and, and uh, gosh, especially in the state of West Virginia where, <laughs> well, I mean, in, in, in just West Virginia doesn't have an, um, an immense amount of, of soccer players. I mean, it's You're just, correct. you know, and correct. so, to, and, but there are a lot of colleges and universities that have soccer. So, yes. you know, you're really having to, to stretch out and branch out um what what type of i mean culture is such a big word we talk about everybody throws it around you know but when you're starting that program you can do things and and mold things and shape things the way you want it you know what have been the foundations and the bedrock 
that you've tried to instill into into your into the women in your program into the program itself yeah so uh, me personally you know as a player and a person um kind of blue collar um i throw a saying out to my girls and they they hate it you know and i i'm like well you know it is what it is but um hard work is easy work you know and and to them that's something that they're kind of like they're like coaching i don't really understand what that means you know <laughs> and you know for me hard work is easy work is, is kind of one of those things where no matter how hard it is, you know, if you view it as, as something that's easy to do, um, it's going to be easy to get done. Um, you know, so on and off the field, that's kind of how we, we've tried to approach things. Um, you know, it has been tough, but, but again, you know, the girls, um, they don't know it, but that's something they do is, is buy into that hard work is easy work because obviously you get results from that, um, you know, go, going along things. I mean, um, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head, you know, such a small state you know, in terms of soccer and, and with the amount of colleges here, um, you know, the players are stretched in, um, you know, and, and it, and it kind of puts a, a strain on what we can do and where we can go and, and things like that. So, um, but overall, you know, that's just something I've, I've tried to do is just continue to work hard. And, and, you know, as you work hard, understand that, you know, working hard is something easy. That's what you're going to have to do your whole life. So, you yeah, know, do it as something easy. Um, yeah. You know, in terms of the players, um, you know, we, we've tried to make a get a good mix of, you know, uh, freshmen and then transfer students, obviously JUCO or, you know, this this transfer market we got now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the good old portal. Yeah, it, it's 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 interesting. So, yeah, uh, I think having a good mix, you know, allows us to, to be to be a, a bit stronger and a bit a bit more ready um, in terms of just a student and, and the athlete, um, you know, because you've already been there. You've done that. The toughest thing to do is, is something you've never done. Um, and, and as a freshman coming in, you know, having 15, 16 of those starting and trying to play Division Two soccer that you've never done before can be tough, can be very tough. Um, so what, what's your message when, when, you're, when you're communicating to, to these potential student athletes? What's your message and, and how do you – what do you tell them – that they can expect when they, when they come into your program? I gotcha. Good, good question. Good question. You know, my big thing is always opportunity. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately in the, the female game, there's not very much opportunity for, for, for females to play after, mm -hmm. after college. I mean, obviously you've got the WPSL and then NWSL and overseas and all that kind of stuff, but it's not really um, an attainable thing if, if you're not, you know, at the D1 level. Um, or you're just lighting it up. Um, so for me, it's, it's, it's opportunity, you know, you know, you're going to come here. We're still brand new. You're going to, you're going to find a way and, and, you know, you'll be able to experience things that others won't. Um, you know, one of, one of our, our I guess, one of our, our greatest stories that we've had so far in our short history, um, you know, I talk a girl transferring this year for a senior year, um, you know, didn't have a, didn't have a bad three years at her other, other institution. Um, but I guess she left there with one goal and uh, two assists as a striker came here, five goals, four assists, all conference player. Um, you know, our first to, to have to be an all conference player in three years, two years, two years, NCAA, one year's club. So, um, you know, and only thing I could, I could tell her was, Hey, it's an opportunity, you know? Um, and she was someone that grabbed that opportunity by the horns and, and made the best of it. Um, you know, and you, you can't argue with that. Yeah. No, that that's that's fantastic. I think I think for you to gosh to be in to be able to instill confidence into into these young people to know that that they're coming into something that's so brand new and that they can be the foundation and they can be the torchbearers for that that program that you're creating that they'll always know that we were that foundation yeah. and whatever happens from this point on can be our legacy to the to the to the university and to the to the soccer program yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, so that's, that's one of the things we we try to stress every day um you know tell some of the girls hey you when you leave here you could be the all-time leading goal scorer all-time leading assist leader all-time leader in shutouts <laughs> all-time leader in goal scored per game like you have the opportunity you know to leave a leave a good mark um and I will say they, they've done a pretty good job of that, you know, and I've got a good group, 
I can't argue with what they do. Um, I've lost a lot of hair, but you know, it's part of, <laughs> part of the job. Part yeah. of the job, and, and you know, it's. I, I would say it's worth it every day to, to go out there and, and, and you know, you know, accept the opportunity to to get better. So, Eric, I think that um, you know, if if anyone's around you for for five minutes or so, they can. They, they can definitely see just how positive and how energetic um, you are about our game. And I, I love that about you because, um, you know, for, for us, I, I told um, a group of players yesterday, you know, we're playing the best game in the world, guys. Like, let's not forget that, right? And there's going to be challenges. There's going to be adversity. There's going to be things that come up that we don't plan for. But at the end of the day, we're still playing the game that we all love. And I wonder after that first season, so we, we live in a culture here in the States where, you know, wins and losses are absolutely, you know, scrutinized and people, you know, probably make more out of them than they need to. And, you know, those sort of things. And that, and that is a metric, right. That we are judged by yeah. uh, coaches often from, you know, and you know, this from the youth level all the way up to the, the collegiate level and beyond. And I wonder, you know, after that first season, right. You had some struggles, but how do you how do you stay positive? How do you keep the girls and the and the women in the program you know engaged and upbeat and saying, guys, you know what? Like there is light at the end of the tunnel. We're working toward that, but nothing great has ever you know it's ever been easy to get there. Yeah, we just have to keep going. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I wonder what that was like because. You know, there's times, and I, I've been on that end, on a, <clears throat> a similar end uh, as you, you know, in my coaching career, where, you know, you show up to games sometimes and go, oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> you know, and you, and you kind of want it to end. Yeah. But, you know, there, there's also this thing, I think for us as coaches, most of us have it, where we think that we can go in and fix a situation. And it right. might not happen overnight. It might not happen in six months, might not happen in a year. But over time, if we gradually just kind of chip away at it, we will get our program, our teams, our whatever to where we want them to go. And yeah. I just wonder what that was like for you at the time. Yeah. So uh, for me, you know, growing up, it's always been a bit tough, you know. Um, and one of the things that I guess I, I've learned through myself, um, you know, in order to be successful, um, that, that adversity pill is going to have to be taken along that road. Um, you know, it might be taken once, you might have to take it five or six times. Um, but, you know, if you continue to keep going, you know, that pill will work itself out. You, you go to the bathroom and it'll be out of your system, you'll be good to go. So, you know, for me, that's something I try to, I try to, you know, let the girls know as well, you know, even when it is tough like that. Um, but I think uh, that transition, you know, the support system we had here made that a little bit easier. Um, you know, from the administration uh, point point of view. Oh no! <laughs> Did we lose him? It looks like he's frozen. So I'm excited to get in the lift weights, so that way I can I can you know be where I need to be. Um, and, and I mean, it was tough. I mean, our first year was club. Um, you know, we won three games, we lost three games, and we tied four. You know, mm -hmm. so that's not that's not too bad. But again, we play against A teams, um, you know, at times, and and you know, we but we still got some good results. Um, and then you know, our following year, first year in the conference, we got smoked every game, zero and eighteen, zero and eighteen. Gray hairs in my beard, bald, gained forty pounds. You know, I was like, oh gosh, you know, this is this is a battle. But you know, we, we've got some 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 good kids here that are able to able to handle that, um, you know, so just in recruiting, you know, and, and again, from the top down, you know, they gave us more tools to build a better house and, and that allowed us to, to get where we are today where, um, you know, this season we're scoring goals, you know, we won, we're winning games and we're breaking records. Um, but I guess the toughest thing was, was going 0-18 and not knowing, you know, which direction to go and, and not knowing how to, how to fix that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I remember our first home game our first year, uh, we played the number ninth ranked team in the nation um, coming right out the gates at home, first home game, first conference game, you know, and, and, you know, thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, this could be bad, you know, um, first, first 10 minutes in, 
uh, we get the first chance, actually. I think we hit the post. I was like, oh, okay, all right. Um, you know, then they get a goal. You know, we go down at halftime. I think we were down 1-0, 2-0 at halftime, which is not bad at all against the ninth-ranked team in the nation. That's pretty good for a first-year program, you know, which is something I try to tell the girls, hey, keep going. You know, you're, you're doing all right. It's not too bad. Um, but obviously, you know, four-year starters and weightlifters and college kids kind of just took over. And then that game went all went all downhill. So, um, <laughs> but but again, the girls understood, and and you know, they 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 get the the fact that it's not always going to be like that. And you know, not many people understand that in sports, the coach can do as much as he wants, but at the end of the day, it's down to the players. Um, you know, so they've taken it upon themselves to do the extra stuff, um, like you know, uh, individual sessions. We'll we'll go do those. Um, some will come and uh, help train with uh, my youth team, um, you know, and, and I'm big on if you can teach it, then you can, you can, you know, understand it better. Um, so they've done, done some of the little things to help, you know, propel them just a little bit higher than what they were. Um, and the results are there for that, you know? Um, so can't say it was, it was, it was a fun year, but uh, you know, we learned a lot. And, and if you're not learning, you, you're not going to succeed in life, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about, um, your your youth soccer experience uh, back in Maryland, and what was that like? Um, you know, growing up as a child and you know being around the game and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I tell people, and Aaron can appreciate this too. Um, you know, small sided games weren't heard of <laughs> when I was playing youth soccer. Uh, yeah. We we played eleven v eleven. You know, so you probably you know came from the same same era. Um, you know, it, it was a different time. And I wonder what that was like for you. Uh, because I know, you know, Maryland as a state, for the most part, is a, is a really great soccer state. Um, yeah. You know, I think they do soccer pretty well uh, here in the U.S. Um, just from, you know, uh, club experiences I've had. So uh, I'm, I'm curious, you know, what you were like as a player and, you know, the environment you had growing up. Yeah, so soccer for me was like, it was just random. Um, I remember uh, we were in, I was in second grade and they would send home the rec flyers, like beginner year or something like that. Like it had every sport on it when it, when you could register and you can go to the school that night, your parents would sign you up, pay your little fee or what it was. And soccer was on there. Uh, basketball, football, all that kind of stuff was on there as well. But um, for some odd reason, soccer ball is what drew me, drew me to, to soccer. Um, so, you know, I told my mom, Hey, that's what I want to do. She signed me up. You know, I didn't know anything about it. This is like second grade. knew nothing about it, um, you know, and got put on a team. And, and I guess from then, you know, I started to meet kids that went to the same school as me. Um, so it was one of those things where, oh, I'm going to go see, you know, little Jimmy who's in Miss Susan's class four doors down. I'm going to see him at soccer, right? Um, so growing up, we played, we played, I played rec, I think, for like a year. And then our rec team turned into a club team. Um, it was weird, but I, I, it worked, I guess. Um, <laughs> and then soccer for me ended up being like practice twice a week. And then you played Saturday and Sunday. You had games Saturday and Sunday. So your, your, your I guess, rec league was like Saturday. And then your club league was Sunday. Um, so we had a lot of, a lot of soccer. Um, as far as practice and all that kind of stuff went, I, Thinking back, we kind of just honestly like we ran, <laughs> and then we just played. Um, you know, I was I always think about this when I when I deal with my youth. You know, um, and I try to think about players back in the day. You know, like now it's more joystick. Like I don't remember feeling like coach was like, "Well, you got to go here, then you got to go there, then you got to go there." You know, it was more like, "Bro, just kick the ball to goal." all right that's that's easy we can yep we we can do that we can we can make that happen um but all through all through I guess uh elementary and middle um I just played for fun never really never really thought about it as a a future or anything like that Uh, our teams were great We, we, we were we were good um when I got to around middle school high school at some point I was ranked like third in the nation in goal scored like fourth in goal score per game um, and I had, I was leading something else and it was just, it was weird. But I, to me, I was like, you know, whatever. I didn't know I scored that many goals. I, I'm, I'm just out here running around trying to get a little exercise. 
you know, um, hanging out with my, my buddies. So uh, um, then when I got to about high school, that's when I guess people started noticing me. Um, so I've still been with my club team for the past 10, 15 years, same players. Um, then I, I joined another team as well. So I was playing for two club teams. Um, then I got asked to do ODP. So at one point I was doing two club teams, ODP, and high school soccer. Um, so, so every day of the week, I'm kicking a ball, I'm running, getting my knees kicked, I'm tired, living off of Popeyes. That was that was the spot. Me and my mate used to go there after every game, uh, and it was just it was just fun. I mean, competition was fun. Um, it's not like youth soccer today, where you know, if you got the money to afford it, you're probably gonna play. Um, ours was more so. You lived in this area, you played on that team, you know. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it, from what I can remember, it was it was good. It was good. Uh, scored a lot of goals, I guess. Um, I guess my fondest memory, youth soccer, we played in the, uh, the Disney Showcase. Mm. Um, but for me, I didn't know what that was. Didn't really, didn't really care. All I knew is we were going to Florida. Um, you know, nice weather. And I practiced before we left. Um, my arch dropped in my foot. Um, we we play on very terrible fields they drive cars through them four-wheelers and I guess I stepped on a rock and it dropped my arch so I had to go to the uh, the Met Express or whatever I was on crutches and I was like oh gosh this is this ain't good uh, and we get down there and we do okay we played two age groups up and we finished second um, we lost to like a U18 team from Brazil uh, two to one or something like that um, and I had scored the tying goal and they called me off sides, but the other team had a player that was in the goal, which was kind of weird. Um, so we tried to argue that. That's kind of like the USA game last night, something phantom. Uh, oh. Comes from a corner, and someone's <laughs> in the goal, so obviously I, I can't be offside if someone is right. clearly in the goal. So we ended up losing that 2-1, to one, got a silver medal. Um, it's in a box somewhere, no idea. But um, now as a coach, I get to go down there and experience that, which is like a little nostalgia, you know. Um, but, yeah. You know, club soccer back then was just just a little different. You just played, you know, and, and kids weren't as joysticked, you know. Um, we just had a tournament this past weekend with my, my club team, and, you know, I've just been reflecting on it and thinking back, you know, when I used to watch, you know, Samuel Eto, Henri, Ronaldinho, Brazilian Ronaldo, you know, if those guys grew up in the club system now, they would struggle because they, would, they, would, they wouldn't, you know, be allowed to just play, you know, and – that's the kind of soccer that I like to like to try to coach and like to try to try to be involved in. You know, obviously we, we try to do certain things here and there, um, but you know the best players in the game nowadays they just play. You know, and as a as a youth and a club player um, back in Maryland, that's something I just did. I just played. Um, you get me the ball, I'm probably gonna run by you, and I'm gonna get right up to the goalie's face, and I'm gonna break the net. That's that was my thing. I try to break the net every time. And then eventually the goalie's like, nah, that dude going to kick the ball as hard as he can every time. So, uh, But it was pretty cool, you know. And, and, you know, when I went back home from from college, you know, I'd been gone probably four, four or five years or something like that. And I started playing in the leagues around around where I live. And it would be, oh, you're that one kid. You're that one soccer player from, you know, Edgewood High School. Yeah. I played against you. You used to be super fast. And I'm like, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Until I figured out what, you know, being an adult was and you know, I had the money to go buy cookies and donuts every day, so But it was fun, you know, I wouldn't trade for the world. You know, I wish I wish the kids now could could grow up in the area that we got to play in. Uh, yeah. They probably enjoy it a little more cuz it would be less joysticked, you know what I mean? Well, Eric, you're uh, you're talking to two former goalkeepers, and I have a feeling it would actually take both of us to probably stop you if you were. Uh... <laughs> so you know, we would uh, we'd find a way to get a maybe a twelfth man on the field or something. Uh, you know, a double keeper situation. But um, no, that that's cool, man. I, I think that um, you know, it, it's interesting. It's always fascinating to me the guests we have on in terms of their experiences and the. Uh, you know, the, the way they see the game, you know, yeah. and that joy and that freedom, um, you know, that attacking mindset that you have. I, I love that. And, um, you know, I, I tell what I've told this story before that I love watching games from behind the goal 
just because that's how I see the game, but that might not work for everybody, you know, and that's, I think the, the great thing about our game is that, um, you know, there, there isn't necessarily a right answer, you know, it, it's kind of what a personal preference might be and, right, right. you know, so I guess that's why it's the, the best game in the, the world's game. It's crazy. Like, uh, I, when I, when I was back at home, I, um, you know, my buddy hosts a, uh, a benefit, a benefit tournament every year. Um, and at half, at the half of the, the tournament, they do like a skills challenge. Um, and the winner got uh, box seats to a Capitals game. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll do this. I don't really, we already played, you know, two or three games. I'm, I'm out of shape. I'm old. I'm like, all right, but I'll do this. Um, and it came down. It was like, one was like a shootout. The one was like accuracy. And the one was like a speed shot. Um, and I had won the, the accuracy. Um, I think the shootout one, I was like, you know, I ain't going, it's indoor. I'm not going in there. Like, you can have it. Like, <laughs> I'm tired. I don't need to waste my energy. And then the speed shot was the last one. Um, and in indoor, you know, if the ball hits the wall, like that sound, the ball hitting the wall is scarier than, you know, people imagine. So, you know, I took a couple shots and obviously they had a radar gun. And I guess my last one was like 72. Jeez. Um, yeah. And it, that was what won me the, the ticket. So me and my mates got to go down to the Capitals games. And I was just thinking to myself, I was like, holy moly. Didn't, you know, um, so I do feel kind of bad for people. But, I mean, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I guess you're, you're right in terms of the game. It's just, you know, um, like I watched the U.S. play, the women. Uh, they're one of my favorite teams to watch. But, um, you know, I started to feel that they were, they were getting joysticked um, at times. Like last night's game, I felt like same formation – but, you know, Vlad was like, this is what we want you to do. When she goes here, you're going to go there. And I was like, man, I, I remember watching 99ers play, and they would just they would just play. Like Mia Hamm, she was a midfielder, forward, defender, center midfielder, left wing. She was everywhere. Um, Goalkeeper when they needed her. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, to me, that, that was just – that's just something I enjoy watching. And, you know, I – I love my team to death now. They're starting to get – we're starting to get to a point where I can, you know, watch games more, um, which which is what I love, you know. Um, my, my youth team is like that as well. I get to watch them a little more. And that's – that's obviously, that, that's part part of the game that I like the most is just I don't got to pay to get in to watch good soccer, so. What do you, what do you – your vision of the game is, and and we all kind of develop – um, and create our vision based on what we enjoy and what we like. And it sounds like you're such a, you love free flowing soccer. You love kind of open-ended activities. And um, how do you design sessions? What do you, and, and don't, I mean, we're not really technical, tactical people. It's not yeah. what our <laughs> podcast is really about, but it is, you've been so passionate about talking about just playing. And so how do you, how do you incorporate that into how you, how you uh, develop your teams. Yeah. So um, I guess, you know, my sessions kind of differ between the club and the, uh, and the college. Um, but sometimes I like to, to do things at club that I want to do at college just to see how it would work, you know, see what kind of, you know, different, you know, terminology I may need to use or spacing I may need to use. Um, uh, but typically, you know, I try to go 90 minutes. You know, we were on a tour the other day with, with a recruit, and, and we had a girl with us. She's like, Coach, we, you don't play 90 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, we do. I was like, you don't realize it, but we, we do. Um, you know, we're out there for two hours, but you got your warm-up stretching and your, your cool-down stretching. But soccer is just, just 90 minutes. Um, so we'll try to go about 20, 30 minutes, a little bit of tactical stuff in the beginning, technical, tactical. Um, and we might supplement that with a game. Um, you know, so one of our warm-up games that we like to do um, capture the flag. That's one of my, my favorite ones to do as a warm-up game, you know, and, and, you know, explaining this game to the girls, it's more so, you know, hey, there's five of you, there's four of them, attack it. Attack the box, grab the flag. They got, you got numbers up, you know. It's just the same thing you would say in a game. Hey, attack it. You got numbers up. Um, and then we might go into technical stuff. Um, you know, this year I've been a huge fan of, of Rondo. Um, but I've, ex I've expanded a little bit. I've changed it a little bit. I've, I've added different things to it. 
um, to where at some point we're, at, we're playing it, you know, the length of the field, um, 18 to 18. Um, and then we'll, we'll end with, with a scrimmage, whether it's short-sided or, or a big field. It just kind of all depends on, on what we got um, and how much time we have left and, and obviously the weather. Um, and, and, you know, college – College is a bit tough because you, you deal with, with kids in classes and things like that. And um, I like to make sure when we get to big things like that, we have everyone so they can, you know, understand a few things if we make adjustments. Um, but I do like to scrimmage as much as I can. I do like to try to do uh, as many games that, that I can't joystick you in. You know what I mean? Like, like capture the flag, I can't, I can't joystick you in that. Um, you know, rondo or keep away, whatever you want to call it, I can't really joystick you in that. You know, you just got to make your own decisions. Um, and then in the scrimmages, you know, we'll set up two teams and we'll put two in two different uh, formations. And, you know, I'll sit on the side and I'll, I'll let them play, you know. Um, of course, I sit next to the water, though. That's my spot. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, we just kind of see what, what goes on. And, and club uh, club's a little bit different. That's more so like um, we get there, we'll do a technical warm-up. We'll spend, we'll spend 20 minutes on that. We'll spend 20 minutes on, you know, maybe shape, a um, little shadow play. And then at the end, we scrimmage for about 35, 40 minutes. Um, and we tend to practice uh, two age groups together. So then the younger ones, 06s might scrimmage the 07s, 45, 35, 45 minutes, just playing. Um, but for me, it just kind of all depends, um, you know, what we got going on. Um, one thing I, I, I hate about the American soccer right now is that they cram so much into that short window. Um, so in making a training too hard, you could, you could possibly lose a kid for a game in two days because of that. Um, you know, so we, we got to kind of balance it, I guess you could say. Um, but I do like to do a warm up, then a warm up game, some technical stuff, and then we play. One of the biggest things for me philosophically is, is to share the ownership. Yeah. I mean, I obviously, I was coach at the collegiate level. You, you do both um, to share the ownership with the players. Um, how do you, is that something that you do? Is that something that, that, that you like the input from players or you want to share that ownership of the growth and the development of the program, especially at the collegiate level, they probably understand it a little bit more, but even at the youth level, taking input from, from what those young people enjoy and, and what they feel they can grow from. What yeah, are your yeah. thoughts on that? So when I, when I started, I guess, in West Virginia, uh, uh, coaching, I guess, you know, the youth in, in, the, in the club, um, one of the main things, I guess, was kind of understanding what they understood, um, you know, because where I come from, some of the terms for things are different than what they get here. Um, so that was that was a tough challenge in, in trying to translate things, you know. Um, like, I guess one of the terms I, I remember, uh, tuck in was a term that I was, I was trying to use. Tuck in, pinch in, tuck in. Um, and I could see one of the girls struggling, like she wasn't sure what to do. So I just said, move towards the football numbers. There you go. Right. <laughs> and to me, that's one of the things that like terminology is just a little bit different. Um, so I went out and got a, I got an iPad and I, I got the uh, tactical pad app. Um, and through that, I was able to, to kind of understand them a little bit more because um, they could show it. I mean, this is the, the technology generation. They could move it around. They could show it. And then I could get a better grasp. Um, and I think that helped a lot in terms of trying to understand understand the players. Uh, um, sometimes, you know, I, I try to listen as much as I can. Um, but, again, you know, sometimes I might not know everything and, you know, what they – that might be right. Um, and sometimes it's just it's just not, you know. Uh, they get sick of me, me saying it, but, you know, I'm like, I've been playing soccer long and you've been alive. Like, <laughs> you got to trust me, you know, and you weren't born yet. I'd already scored like 320,000 goals. So, um, you know, you just got to put a bit of trust in there. Um, but, you know, I will say they, they do, they do make a couple good points that, that help out. And I try to let them, you know, figure it out um, amongst each other. Um, you know, cause at the end of the day, when, when you get to the real world, no, no one's going to be there to, 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 to joystick you through it, you know? Um, 
we had a couple sessions today, individual sessions, and and I, I bought another you know apparatus to use. You know, I like my little gadgets and gadgets. And you know, we sat down with with the girls at the set where we had. And I'm like, you know, set up a formation. You know, we, we walk, we talk through some things that we struggled with uh, this fall. Um, but in sitting down and actually having the tools to 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 move it around, I can understand, you know, why they may have thought something. You know, why they may have stepped at that certain situation or why they may have been running in, you know, to try to attack that. And, and, you know, it's just, for me, it's just right. And, and, you know, um, trying to understand that what they've been doing has been working for them um, and not, not, you know, not necessarily letting them know that that might not be the best thing for the team. That makes sense. Yeah, I like that. I like that that interaction and and that communication from a from a feedback standpoint and and from you getting the tactical pad out or getting the white the the magnetic board out or yeah, whatever yeah, it that's is. What this yeah, yeah, <laughs> to 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 just put formations out there, create scenarios and 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 build that trust and that mutual trust with each other because you know it's all about relationships and. And, you know, if they know that I am bought into what, what they believe, then they're going to be bought in back to what we do as a coach. And then they're going to, they're going to be able to really, really give everything they have um, to, to the group, to the program um, and, and to themselves for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and they, they do a good job, you know, obviously uh, we butt heads every now and then, um, which I think is, is good. Um, Cause you know, I'm not always right. You know, they're not always I think sometimes just, you know, a healthy argument can fix a lot more than just go away, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and and that's where that that's where that mutual trust and that relationship comes in, you know. Again, yeah. when you know that we're that we're all working for each other's best interest, then we're willing to have those tough conversations for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a we had a point this year. Uh, you know, we tried to do the the formation that everybody loves to do nowadays, that 4-3-3, three, three. Um, you know, and I guess that's something that's filtering over from Europe. Um, you know, when I grew up, it was the 4-4-2. Four, four, hey, you're the winger, you're the winger. You two are midfielders, you play. You support. Um, but, you know, we tried that this year and we just struggled a bit with it. So, you know, the long bus ride home from a game, I was like, what, what the hell can I do? Um, so we switched the formation, you know, and then the, the two days leading up to the next game, we worked on a few things like how we play a ball across, how we make a run, when do we go and all that. And the next game, I kid you not, we, we whooped the next team five to one. And it was just on a matter of, you know, trying to figure out when and where to go and, and how to play a ball and just having a good, good conversation those past two days on what's going to work for us in that formation, which was, was pretty good to see. I was, I was very proud of the girls. Um, I tried not to smile too much, but um, you know they were they did very well in that in that kind of situation. And we got to go to B Dubs afterwards, so I was pretty excited. <laughs> Always a good Buffalo Wild Wings. Always yeah. a good trip. <laughs> it was. So I was like, thank thank you goodness. Um, and the, to top it off, you know, we got there and. Um, the big thing in West Virginia is country roads after every time you, you, you play a game and they had that blasted on the jukebox throughout the whole, whole restaurant for us. Um, after we, you know, after we won, it's like 11 o'clock at night, we're eating chicken wings, we're in DC and country roads is playing. So it was, it was a good day for us. You know, I was proud of the girls on that day. Eric, we like to, uh, to ask our guests that, um, you know, we, we all have different reasons why we love this game but do you have a, a club or a team that you support? Um, you know, could be domestic, could be international, um, that you sort of fell in love with and kind of helped, uh, you know, create that that love and that bond that we have with our sport. Uh, my team is Chelsea. That's my team. Um, growing up, I was a DC United fan. Well, I guess DC United's probably my my like grow up team, and uh, I guess the women's national team. But Chelsea is my my team team. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I guess the first soccer game I ever saw was 
the women play. Back when Mia Hamm was playing, um, you know, I lived in the county. We didn't have cable. We had the whole TV with the antenna. You got to try to, like, <laughs> get in the right, you know, place. And, and I remember we had a TV in the kitchen, and that was it. And it was a hot day, and the, uh, it was the, the World Cup finals. We were playing China. Is that what it was, I think, back then? 99? Yeah. Yeah, China, yeah. It was in the Rose Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. And I got this, like, old-school TV going. <laughs> And I can't tell if it's like the fuzz or if it's like <laughs> the stadium's packed. I don't know. Um, but watching Mia Hamm play, I was like, yo, that's it. That's what I'm I'm going to do that. Um, and then once we, you know, once we moved up a little bit in society, we got cable. I got to watch DC United play. And, you know, I was a huge MLS fan when he first got it because I didn't know what soccer was. Uh, the PK thing is what threw me off. Um, like when they dribbled up. Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, that, that looks – I'm down, I'm down. <laughs> then I get to soccer, and guess what? That ain't it. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> uh, but I used to love watching, like, Eddie Pope, Marcho, Marco Echeverry, Raul Diaz-Arce. Oh, yeah. Um, John Harks was a name that I always – I'll never forget. Um, JP Della Camera, he used to do their games. Yeah. And every time Harks would, would have a shot, he'd be like, Harks with the shot. And that would be, like, my nightmares. <laughs> um, but – um, that was a team that I grew up on. Then I get to college, and my college coach, uh, great guy, great guy, mentor. You know, I wouldn't be where I am today w- without him through through the things that I've been through as as a person. Um, one day we're at practice, and he's, he's an English guy, and he's like, he's like, Belcher, you're a diddy a drug butt. And I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I was like, I-, I don't think so. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I, I don't think so. Then he's like, well, don't come back to practice until you know who that is. I was like, okay. <laughs> so, of course, I go home and I Google it, and I, I find out who it is. So I start studying him and became a Chelsea fan since then. Um, you know, and ironically, the school I'm at, our team colors are blue. So, you know, it, it kind of fits. Um, this year, it was crazy. We, we, I was watching a Chelsea game, and they changed their kits. Um, white tops, blue socks. You know, normally for us at home, we're white, white, white. So after that Chelsea game, I'm like, girls, blue socks today. Coach, this looks stupid. I don't care. <laughs> Coach, but I mean, they don't even – just put them on, right? We get out to the game, guess what? We win three to two. And over time, girls scores a hat trick. From now on, guess what? Home games, blue socks. White tops, blue socks. A little superstitious. Okay. I am. I am very much, very much. Um, I guess – the girls know it here, but my club girls know it a little bit more. Um, you know, I guess youth, youthful kids are more – they pay more attention. Um, you know, and it's, it's – for me, it's – I don't know why, but I guess that's what it is. Um, but, yeah, huge, huge Chelsea fan. I'll watch anything that's good soccer, but that's, that's my team. That, that's definitely my team. I, lo- I love that story on why you started following Chelsea. That's fantastic. I had no clue. I had no idea. But You're apparently, that's, yeah, that's who I played like. I was like, okay, no clue who it was. Because, I mean, we, we couldn't afford, you know, back then you had to get cable and you had to pay to get that extra to watch those kind of games yeah. regularly on TV. Um, yeah. So I didn't know at all who that was. But, man, you got to grow up in the DC United's heyday. I mean, they yeah. were the, that, that was the team in the early, the Bees early. Knees. Yeah. yeah, the early days of the MLS. I mean, what did they win? The first, like, three MLS Cups or whatever they did. I mean, gosh, too that, good. that is amazing. Yeah, that was – and you were right there in yeah. the hub of of D.C. United. They played in RFK Stadium. It was a yeah. terrible, terrible field. Gosh. Um, more people used to go to the games, though, than they do now. And um, those guys were legends. Like, they had, they had superstars. Yeah, um, they did. And that translated to me watching the national team. I mean, John Hart's played on the national team. So that translated for me. I was like, all right, we played here. I guess I'll watch this too. Eddie Pope, national yeah, team. Absolutely. Uh, Bernie Stewart, I think he was, he was in there a couple of years. Um, yeah. uh, I had a guy, uh, Etcheberry, I think, was my, my favorite guy to watch. Oh, yeah. You know, and then now I look back on it, and people are like, you know what those – you know we used to go on back in the day? And I was like, ah. As an adult now, I kind of get it. <laughs> I know why that guy was like he was. Um, um, but he was – his left foot was – I was like, man, if I, if I could do that kind of stuff. 
Mm-hmm. I can make a living off of this, you know. And they were it was it was good. I, I actually got to go to a DC United game. Um but I don't remember that one much. Um and also went to a USA game in that stadium. My first one against Guatemala. Um didn't know much about soccer, but I was like free tickets, I'm there. Uh, I think the only thing I really remember is a bunch of pigeons on the field. <laughs> like <laughs> The pigeons wouldn't leave. Like we 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 ball go to one end, they would fly to the other end. Ball come back, they would just they would just fly. And we sat in the sun. I remember that as well. Um, but it was pretty cool though. Yeah, I mean, DC used to be that was it. That's where you wanted to go. Benny Olsen. Yeah. Chris Albright. Yeah, those were those were the days. Gosh, those are and Ben Olsen. And is he still the manager or did he get Yeah, still the still the manager. I don't yeah. know. Don't know why I don't know how that's that kind of Eric, if, uh, like, um, like I used to, I used to love their hair, and I, I used to be so jealous because my hair didn't move. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, you like the like, flowing, Man. the flowing locks. Uh, yeah, yeah, they would score a goal and I'm like, ah, oh, how can oh. I get that? So Etcheverry had some hair. Yes, yes, him and Valderrama, those oh, two. Oh yeah, Etcheverry had the great like greasy mullet, and he used to play with like the, uh, I call them the mafia chains. Yeah, they have his little little necklaces, little gold necklaces. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a good, it was a good experience. You know, I'm I'm glad that I got to see soccer then, um, and then I started branching off to Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo. Oh, so Jane. so 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 many people refer to Brazilian Ronaldo as Fat Ronaldo. Fat, yeah, I didn't want to say it because I'm <laughs> I'm kind of chubby. Um, so I didn't want to say it, but yeah. He 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 goes. He kind of goes back and forth. Sometimes you see him, and he's you know he's got a little belly on him. Sometimes he's fit. But I think last time I saw him, he was the the more of the chubby Ronaldo chubby version. <laughs> you know, like, you got to think now. Like back in the day, you could be fat and play and just kill it. Eric Cantona, yeah. chubby. Yeah. yeah. Now everybody was chubby. Guantanamo Blanco, he was chubby. But he was just being there, just just killing it. Which makes me think, you know, I can still. You got it. Yeah. And maybe the Glen the Glenville, West Virginia Adult League, you can you could dominate. Go in there, yeah, yeah. I mean I thought about it, I'm like, ah, you know. Is there even one? I, I mean the funny the funny part is I actually had like so coming out of college I, I I had trials everywhere. Um and I guess twenty sixteen, that was my last year. Uh indoor turned to be my, my favorite thing. Um and I tried out for the Harrisburg Heat. And uh, this, this like broke me, but it didn't, you know, we had, they had, uh, uh, I guess a two day stint or whatever. And I was killing it. Hands down. Best player there. Didn't get picked. So I was mm. like, all right, great. Guess what? I'm going out Thursday, Friday, Saturday over it. Then I get a call. That was in October. Then I get a call in January. Hey, um, come on back. We want you in a practice squad. I'm like, yeah, uh, well, Okay, I'm not gonna tell you no. I mean, I've only been partying for like three months. <laughs> you know, eat, eat noodles and noodles, you know, pizza, uh, Royal Farms, Wawa. Just um, so I got to spend the last three months of their season, you know, uh, in, in training with them, and you know that was one of the best, I guess, pro experiences I've had. I mean, obviously the two or three day trials were, you know, they were what they were, um, but actually being being in the arena training, you know, twice a week was, was pretty cool. Um, but I got fat, so <laughs> you struggle in indoor if you're fat because it's so fast. <laughs> oh, geez. Eric, if, uh, if people want to connect with you and, uh, and follow along with what you're doing, it, uh, I, I got to make sure I say it right, Gl- Glenville, right? You can't say Glenville. Well, well, here's <laughs> the thing. <laughs> so – my best buddy from college, his wife and his family, they're West Virginians, and they say Glenville. And okay. I say Glenville. I mean, I okay. guess that's from where I'm from. And they tease me so much because I talk funny, quote, unquote. Yeah. Um, but Glenville, Glenville, what, what doesn't? They're both the same place. So we're <laughs> okay with it. Um, you know, um, but yeah. Cool, man. What's, uh, what's your Twitter handle? Yeah, go ahead and plug uh, the program, and, and people can reach out to you that way. Yeah, uh, Glenville's is uh, GSC uh, Women's Sock. Um, that's where you can find stuff. You know, we try to stay up to date on that as well. 
Uh, and then obviously you can get mine. Uh, I think it's Coach Belcher. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but if you if you struggle with anything, just just Google Glenville State Athletics, and the athletic page will come up. And, and you know they get our personal pages as well, and they do a lot of retweeting and a lot of promotion for us. So you'll get everything. Um, highly encourage it. We got a lot of great things going on down here. Um, just saw that our, our women's basketball coach got her hundredth win, um, which is pretty pretty crazy for her, and we, we you know we're proud of her for that. Um, so you know just to stay connected with with athletics here all around is just something that we, we kind of, we kind of push and advocate for. Uh, we've got a, got a good thing going in our little hub here in the middle of the state. So. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, um, thank you so much for, for coming on the show and absolutely love your passion. Um, you you have a great sense of humor too. Uh, <laughs> the, right. we, we live in a dark world, man. We live in a dark world. <laughs> <laughs> we live in a dark world. You got, you got, you know, for me, the glass is always half full. Always. Um, but, you know, appreciate you guys having me. Appreciate you re- reaching out for me and, and get me on. So, you know, um, and sharing some, some things about us. And, and, you know, you guys are always someone that I, I always click when I see it. Always click and, and get a listen. You guys have one. You got some quality going on there. Our thanks to Eric Belcher for coming on the latest episode of the On the Touchline podcast. Aaron, his sense of humor was absolutely fantastic. And he said it there at the end, but being a glass half full guy, um, there were some, some quality nuggets in there that he mentioned that, you know, laugh out loud, uh, funny uh, in terms of what he said. Yeah, I, he was, what a great, what a great character that he is. And, and, as you mentioned throughout the throughout the conversation, you could truly feel and see and hear his passion that he has for the game and obviously coaching. And so I can only imagine what it's like to be a player um, on a team that he coaches and, and can really respect how much he cares and, and the information that he, that he's sharing and, and mentoring and teaching. And um, I could definitely see, um, feel that coming through in that in that short time that we had to to get to spend time with him. The so Didier Drogba was a was an all world player uh, in his playing days. The the story uh, <laughs> of his college coach, um, you know, sort of making that comparison to Drogba was uh, that was all world. That was pretty good. Um, that was pretty pretty darn funny. So if you get a chance, go back and listen to that uh, early on in the podcast. Um, I also loved, and we mentioned this in our intro, uh, about starting a program from scratch and the challenges, and especially, um, you know, when they, they got to the Division II level and they didn't win a game that first season, uh, being Division II, of how to keep a group of young women still engaged and still feeling positive and that they're, you know, working toward that goal. Uh, I, I love what he said there, um, you know, uh, in, in the podcast, and that—that uh, that is an enormous challenge. And I have great respect for Eric for taking on that challenge as a as a fellow coach. Yeah, I mean, I think being able to keep people motivated and focused um, when when you know that that uh, the odds are stacked against you. Um, but again, if you just listen to his passion and his his enthusiasm, that you know, you go on and you, you, you live to fight another day and you have another opportunity to, to be challenged. And, you know, we're not, we're not going to grow as humans without going through some struggles and some setbacks. And, you know, it's not going to be forever there. You know, they, they didn't win a game their first year. They won three games this past year. They won a conference game this past year. And I know that next year they're probably going to build on that. And, and, and it's, it's never going to last forever. They're going to keep growing. And, you know, as he said early on, he loves to say to the players that, that hard work is easy work. And um, I, I think you could probably define that in so many different ways, because if you enjoy it, if you find love and joy in it, any hard work can be easy work. And, and, and I, and I really appreciate that as a, as a, as a mentality that he has an outlook that he has. 
I bet he would be a fun guy to uh, go out and have a, a few Diet Cokes with. Or some chicken wings at Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> after a victory. <laughs> that too. Uh, or, or to watch a, a Chelsea match with. I, I bet right. he's a whole lot of fun. So, uh, Eric, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, Aaron and I definitely enjoyed that. So uh, welcome back anytime. We've included links in the show notes of how you can connect with Eric uh, on social media and also the uh, Glenville State College Women's Program that he is currently leading. Uh, if you li love this podcast, guys, be sure that you subscribe on your favorite platform. And especially if you listen on Apple Podcast, it does mean a lot to us when you leave a five-star rating and a review for the show. You can expect new podcasts here in 2020 every Wednesday uh, now that we're on a regular um, publishing schedule. Uh, and last but not least, um, be sure to stop over to our partner, Manscaped, manscaped.com and use the promo code OTTL at checkout and we can save you 20% off your next order and also free shipping uh, is included a part of that as well. Aaron, if uh, people want to follow you on social media, how can they do that? At Ohio Soccer Coach on the Twitter and Instagram platforms. And you can find me at SoccerCoachJB, uh, both on Twitter and Instagram. This has been the latest episode of the On the Touchline podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Jason Broadwater. And I'm Aaron Rodgers. 